There is no point in buying a system or supporting a process if there's lots of manual steps. Those manual steps are going to take away from your billable hours. They're going to consume potential revenue generating time from your service delivery individuals. And, and so automation is key. Welcome to the Agile Digital Transformation Podcast, where we explore different aspects of digital transformation and digital experience with your host, Tim Butera. Content and Community Manager at Agile Drop. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Our guest today is Scott Bales, Vice President of Enterprise Solution Engineering and Delivery at the time intelligence company Replicon. In this episode, we'll be talking about why companies and organizations that are offering professional services need to embrace digital agility and become more future ready. Welcome, Scott. It's great to have you with us today on the show. Uh, anything to add here, or should we just jump straight into questions? Thank you, Tim. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here today. Thanks for having me. And when I was given the opportunity, I, I felt like I could contribute uniquely because in addition to providing software that helps with digital agility to our customers, internally, I oversee our service delivery group. So it was a unique, unique position I'm in to kind of comment on both sides of the fence, if you will. Oh. Yeah, but thanks again. Nice, nice. Then we're definitely in for a great conversation. And it's really cool because, you know, the name of our podcast is Agile Digital Transformation. But I think that most of our topics have been more focused on digital transformation. So it's really cool to get to get one that's that's focused on agility as well. Absolutely. Let's just start with the with the primary thing. Uh, so why do professional services need to become more agile? Are there any common reasons for this across different industries? I, I think there's several reasons if we think about why organizations need to become more agile. I think in the last, you know, the last year, what we've seen is, you know, a change to how we're delivering those services. Um, we went from, you know, booking flights and getting on planes and um, registering for visas to figuring out how to set up Zoom war rooms. And I really see that as an agile delivery mechanism, right? And, and all of these reduced logistics and, and overhead that was associated with in-person meetings and arrangements, all of that overhead is gone now. And what we're seeing in the market is customers uh, responding to it and saying, we don't need to do that. We don't need you in the room. We need to get on a Zoom. We need to make decisions now. And, and they really see that as an empowering mechanism to um, add efficiency to their implementations, reduce overhead, reduce iterations. And so customers are demanding at one, right? They, they, they recognize the value of remote implementations and, and service delivery, and they're, they're, um, they're clinging to it because the longer the service delivery is, the more costs to them. Mm-hmm. The, the organizations that are able to deliver that service with agility and with those quick pivots and transitions is going to drive a competitive advantage, right? So those service organizations that are still going through, a, a, you know, an antiquated waterfall method and, you know, the different phases of, of deployment or delivering services in the same old way and, and sometimes on paper with carbon copy documentation, they're going to fall behind. And, and the last reason is transparency, right? So um, the agile, fast-moving organization is, has transparency baked in to, to what it is they're delivering. There isn't these, these long breaks of time where the service deliverer 
you know, talks to you, then they go away into their, you know, back room and they come back and they deliver and then they go away, come back and fix. It's, it's really um, a spirit in the spirit of transparency that they're delivering those services real time. And again, with quick, quick iterations that uh, um, speed up timelines from a, from a deliverables perspective. So agility is not only a nice to have or, or like a great fit for these current times, but it's actually a, a necessity for, for companies that wish to thrive in, in a post-COVID era. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I would agree. But so if that's the case, then why haven't these companies embraced agility yet? What are the main challenges that are preventing them from embracing agility? Yeah, this is, uh, and this is where I get to wear my internal hat versus my external, <laughs> my external hat. So Probably the biggest thing, if we look at service delivery organizations that are, are, that are revenue generating, uh, my service organization is cost re- recovery internally. But if we look at revenue generating service organizations, I'm going to take a, you know, a consulting, consulting engagement firm. There is a certain attraction to that external billable revenue uh, and having resources out there generating revenue to keep the doors open and keep the lights on to keep the employees paid and the partners happy. And when they look at using those same resources to work through an internal project to get, you know, a system in place or a digital transformation in place or, you know, process optimization in place, they look at the billable hours and the revenue and they say, Hey, we're making money. We're, you know, our margins are where they need to be at this point. So the internal projects just get pushed to the back burner. Right. Given an, a, an external revenue generated project and an internal optimization project, nine times out of 10, the external revenue generating project project is going to take precedent. And uh, that's uh, that's what happens. The other thing is a technology bottleneck. So the, the solutions that they're they're using today just aren't fit for purpose. They're not able to be agile when they don't have purpose-built systems, or they're still on paper for a portion of their of their workforce, or they're on a legacy system that's that's um, you know not designed for a you know a post-COVID or a um, a mobile workforce, right? And you know mobility is a key, uh, I'm glad I said mobility because mobility is a huge piece of of what uh, our agile workforces need to be considering. To be agile, you need to be available. And that device that's in your pocket makes you available all the time. Yes, I know we're told that, you know, we have to turn it off. In a service revenue uh, situation, that's that's hard to do. Uh, and, and those mobile devices are going to enable your, your billable revenue generating uh, resources to be more responsive and more agile to customers' requirements. And so mobility is key. And some organizations have not embraced mobility as any type of tool, let alone their primary tool in delivering services. The other consideration is a bench workforce, right? So in, in a situation where you've got resources in-house that they can develop solutions or attempt to work on those internal uh, internal projects. I call them self-medicating organizations. They have this bench workforce that they use to band-aid or wrap uh, existing services, existing products and, and processes to band-aid the, you know, the, the ability to, to deliver services in an agile way. And as long as you have those resources in-house, they're going to uh, potentially delay they're going to potentially delay your 
path to agility. They're also maybe not going to know the best practices um, from, from an agile platform perspective, and they make, make some mistakes in, uh, in the solutions they provide. And that's always going to introduce risk and overhead uh, when you've got to have your own local resources maintaining and uh, supporting a legacy system. So those are all reasons why they haven't embraced agility yet. And there's probably a lot more, but those are kind of the main ones I think about. So basically companies want to be agile, but when it comes right. down to, to like walking the walk and not just talking the talk, uh, right. it, it's, hard, right. it's hard to justify all the effort put into it when you can't really quantify the ROI that accurately. Right. That's right. And again, we're, I'm uniquely positioned because our CEO says to me, you know, where are we at with the latest version of the product in-house? And so I don't get a choice. It's very easy for me to walk the walk because uh, when the CEO asks, I answer, but it is a top-down, it's a top-down drive. And at the top, revenue often uh, overrides other uh, priorities. Okay, but so on the other end of the spectrum, how does such a company benefit from going agile? And what does agility look like in practice at a professional service company? Yeah, I, I think okay, I'll, I'll go back to the first question a little bit. It's, it's really a, a huge competitive advantage, right? Because what you're going to have if you're, you know, you're supporting agile systems that allow you to respond to customers um, more efficiently then that's going to give you the ability to take on additional work, understand where your resource gaps are, right? And a perfect example of this would be, you know, a professional services software delivery organization that has an opportunity come in the door for six months of work in a software implementation. So the first thing that an agile organization should be able to understand is, A, do I have the right resources to take this on? How am I going to figure that out, right? Am I going to, I'm going to call around to all of my, my resource managers or is there a system I can go look at? Next, I have to figure out if I have the resources, then I have to figure out, are they available? If they're not available, when are they available? And all of those questions and interactions are going to take time. And that's time that, you know, maybe that opportunity uh, slips through the cracks mm -hmm. and you lose the opportunity to, to you know, service that engagement. Uh, it's also very inefficient because um, all of that, um, all of that inspection and investigation takes up hours and, and those hours are lost billable hours for, for your organization. They really need, um, they really need a platform that's going to support real-time data and, and reduce their decision cycles. Because if they have all of that data in one place, it's very simple and easy for them to go there, see the resources they need. Oh, there's gaps. Okay, I need a, a requisition order for this, this type of contractor. Great, done. Okay, when are they available? Two weeks from now. Okay, you know, prospect, I, I can start the work in two weeks. Here's the estimated cost. And, you know, if that system is purpose-built for those services organizations, they also know what their margin is going to be. Um, on that project as they deliver it. So again, they're forecasting revenue out into the future. They're, they're much healthier organization and it's going to prevent the inefficiencies that we see uh, in organizations that are managing project by project by project. Because I'll tell you what happens. 
you, you get 10 project managers that come back to you and they say, oh, our projects are profitable, our projects are profitable. Or, so you get 10 project leaders that all think their individual project is profitable. And then you look at the P&L for the business unit at the end of the quarter, or the end of the year, and that business unit wasn't profitable. And it's because every project leader isn't taking into account all the other costs around the business unit, right? A single source of truth with 100% of your staff and costs embedded in it is going to give you uh, that insight. And it's not gonna, you're not gonna manage profitability by project by project. You're gonna manage profitability by the business unit. And, uh, and again, that, that system is going to give you a competitive advantage um, in an agile uh, service delivery model. So if you, if you don't go agile, chances are high that you'll lose business or you'll start losing business to companies sure. who are already becoming agile. Uh, you got it. You got it. That's right, Tim. <laughs> and I like that this is already kind of moving into my next question uh, with, with the unified platform. So how does... How do digital technologies, how does digital transformation factor into all this? And how can digital innovation enable or maybe power agility for these companies? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I mean, once you, once you recognize the power of, of agile service uh, delivery or agility in general um, within, within your organization, you need to make the right technology investments. And like I was talking about in the previous question is you need to identify those those products and solutions that are in the market that also recognize the value of agility. That may be, that may be one system that has recognized agility and can deliver on all of your needs as a service organization. What most likely will occur though, is a best of breed scenario where in the market, we're seeing the largest organizations and global consulting firms, you know, they're bringing on best of breed solutions saying, no, we're not going to invest in a consolidation play. We're going to bring in the best of breed solutions that meet our agile requirements today. So it's making the right technology investments in your technical stack. And, and, and it is in fact a stack of multiple uh, best of breed solutions. The other, the other consideration here is purpose-built solutions. There's no point in you know, buying a hammer to, to do the work of a screwdriver. You need to recognize what service you're delivering and look for purpose-built solutions. Or if you're not going to find a purpose-built solution for your particular service, what you need to do is look for a product that will be configurable and, and flexible and support your uh, specific needs as a service delivery organization. And that's key because <clears throat> what you want to do is, is, is avoid uh, workarounds. You want to optimize a user experience and, and that won't happen if you're using the wrong tool for the job. The last point I would make here in uh, digital transformation is understanding the value of automation. There is no point in buying a, a system or supporting a process if um, there's lots of manual steps. Um, those manual steps are going to take away from your billable hours. Uh, they're going to consume potential revenue generating time from your service delivery individuals. And, and so automation is key. A system that's able to automate the most menial tasks in your service delivery workflow and to give you insights is going to be key because it will save individuals for revenue generating activities and take them away from overhead tasks uh, on a regular basis. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point about, about the value of automation and that it's true value actually being in freeing the, the employees up to, to be able to do the, the work that really matters and that yes. can't be as easily done 
by 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 an automated process. So yeah. Yep. Yes. And so these uh, you mentioned making the right technology investments and having the right solutions. I, I assume this this uh, counts for both for the organization internally and externally. You know, for for their websites, their apps, especially now with such a proliferation of different devices and everybody basically depending on digital experiences all the time. I assume through agility means you know having your internal processes optimized and streamlined and also delivering that same experience to your users, your customers, uh, anybody who, you know, needs your service, basically. You got it. That's right. That's right. Okay, maybe maybe now let's get even more practical. Do you maybe have any examples of clients who are making this transition? And yeah. tell us, can you tell us more about uh, some of the common trends that you've been seeing throughout your work with clients? Yeah, there, there and I alluded to this earlier, there's a couple that that come to mind. The, the, the first use case um, is, is really on one end of the spectrum. We, we've recently started working two of the largest consulting organizations globally uh, in rolling out our solution as their global mechanism for, for capture. So this is at the front end of service delivery. This is where you know, users are, are documenting what they're doing for their clients. And then that data flows through um, their backend ERP systems for, for billing purposes. Um, there's some there's some things that are in common between those two, and one is consolidation. And one of those consulting agencies has grown by acquisition. So what happens is these organizations grow by acquisition. They don't want to rock the boat. They've got you know a revenue generating business unit. They acquire another one, and it's revenue generating and it's profitable. And um, they're like, okay, and <laughs> we'll 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 transition them into our systems, you know, later. And before you know it, they've acquired another one and another one and another one. So now, you know, before um, before they started talking to us, they had now you know had twenty separate systems um, that were actually capturing data from from the front lines for billing purposes, and that was just becoming a nightmare for them. So organizations of that size are recognizing the value in consolidation, and they're also recognizing the value of best of breed, right? Instead of asking, you know, an ERP system to serve as the front end for users and, be, and become a mobile app and become a project management tool and a business reporting tool, they're saying, hold on a minute, there are purpose-built solutions for services organizations to do this and feed, right? And, and, uh, and feed. So, so we're seeing that in the market. They're, they're, they're moved towards best of breed. They're recognizing, um, obviously these, these, these newer cloud-based systems are inherently more agile um, in the nature of their development, in the nature of their releases than these big hulking backend ERPs that get updated once a year or that haven't been updated in years because they're, <laughs> they're scared that they're going to break something or that cost them you know, millions of dollars to upgrade. So by making that solution or making that decision to move to a best of breed model and consolidate at the same time, they're getting a more agile solution that not only empowers their employees to be agile in their delivery, but is agile itself with releases every week, giving users new functionality and capabilities week over week. And, and that's, uh, that's important in, in the solutions that they, they're choosing. We also see on the other end of the spectrum, though, smaller organizations, Readiness IT is an example. Um, and, and in their case, they were, they were dealing with 
all of that overhead that I talked about, right? It's a, you know, it, it's not a huge organization, but they still struggle to make business decisions real time. They didn't know where to look. They'd have to pick up the phone or send an email or wait for, for a response. And they couldn't, um, they couldn't cater their customers efficiently and there was lowering their margins. And so they looked to uh, look to the market for, for a platform like ours to help them find a single source of truth for all of their time and resources and projects, because when you're delivering services, having the resources to deliver those services is key. And um, at the end of that, they're able to retrospectively look at how much time was spent, how are they utilized and make future business decisions around growth and, and projects based on the knowledge that they had in one place, in one system. Two kind of big trends that we're seeing in, in customers we're talking to. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought these specific ones up because these really showcase how essential agility is in this day and age for any 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 sized company, basically. Oh, yes. And on it, there are different different applications. You know, it's not just okay. Yeah, agility will enable you to do this, and if you have issue X, then you should you should embrace agility. But no, you can have issues from A to Z, basically, and agility can still benefit you. For sure. And, and, and in both of those cases, it was the same platform that was meeting both of those needs. So your platform selection is key and, and making sure that you have a platform that, uh, that is flexible. So if we, if we look maybe a bit more longer term, what would be some key strategies for these companies uh, that, yeah. that in order for them to become more future ready and more resilient to future disruptions? Are there major trends that, you, that you've been seeing or that you expect to emerge uh, going forward in the near future? Yeah, I, I, think, I think on-premise is almost uh, gone for good. Obviously, I, I say almost, but I, I think we, we still have customers out there that are experiencing we're going to call it, I'm going to call it fake, fake cloud, which is on-premise solutions that are being hosted somewhere else. And that really doesn't expose customers to the benefits of, of cloud solutions or, you know, real cloud solutions. So I think that's probably one place organizations should be looking is look for true cloud, cloud solutions, one code base, you know, frequent agile um, updates and deliveries from that, uh, from that product or platform, because that's going to support you long-term. You're not going to get backed into a situation where you're running some custom code that can't be updated and, and you know, hampers your ability to be agile and deliver in that way. Um, configurability, I just alluded to that. Your system has to move with you. Being agile means, being, uh, means things are going to change. You're going to have to pivot. You're going to have to recognize, hey, we have to do things differently. A year ago, we decided we were all going to work from home. And, and your system has to be able to be reconfigured, tweaked, call it what you want to support changes in your business model. Otherwise, you're going to go back to square one uh, and have to, you know, invest time in finding a new system and, you know, insert the problem we talked about at the start where it's internal project now to find a new system or an external project. So we know that won't happen. Or you're going to get workarounds and you're going to have to muddle along with a legacy system that can't be reconfigured. And then you're losing the benefits of an agile approach internally by forcing yourself into a legacy product. Uh, mobile is no longer a checkbox. I, you know, I've, I've been having conversations with customers about software for 20 years and mobile isn't, isn't a checkbox anymore. At the first, you know, early conversations were, oh, do you support iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry? 
BlackBerry question. <laughs> we, we lost the BlackBerry question, you know, about 10 years ago. Uh, and then it was still just, oh, do you have a mobile app? Okay, great. And now customers are saying, okay, do you have a mobile app? Great. What does it do and what doesn't it do that I can do through a browser? You know, is there offline support? Like the, 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 the user base has become much more sophisticated in, in that way. Facebook recognized that with us years ago as they moved to a computerless workforce, not a deskless workforce, but a computerless workforce. Um, and customers more and more demanding, you know, on par functionality in a mobile app, albeit in a different user experience, but on par functionality. So a user could perform all of their work on the mobile app mm -hmm. uh, in some fashion. And, and that's key. An organization that doesn't recognize mobile first design is behind uh, behind the times and they need to make that a priority for their users um, to be agile, as we mentioned earlier. The last one is probably what every person would, uh, it's the four letters that uh, every person is going <laughs> to uh, mention. Uh, you already know what it is. It's AI and, and ML machine learning. The systems that you're putting in place need to leverage uh, artificial intelligence and machine, uh, machine learning. I would say that 40 to 50% of the activities in agile service delivery are repetitive. And, and although they're automated to some extent, there's still an individual involved. The, the next step in optimizing and reducing non-billable hours for those service delivery people is to completely automate elements of that uh, interaction. Perfect example, this is a, let's say, time capture, right? Time capture, how many billable hours did you log with um, client XYZ? And what were you doing? And who did you talk to? All of that information in that timesheet is available elsewhere in the system. It's in their calendar, it's in, you know, it, it's in their email and it's in their schedule. Taking that data and pre-populating timesheets and preventing users from having to put any of that data in is key. And that's the type of artificial intelligence and pre-population that our platform brings and others do as well. And so that is key machine learning. If, if a timesheet for 40 hours gets approved every single week by the approver, why does that approver have to log in and approve that timesheet? I think what's key here is managing by exception and tracking actual by exception. Um, that's, that's the key differentiator for systems in the future. Don't make me fill in something that is the same every week. Tell me when it's different. Tell me when I need to care. Expose insights to me uh, around the project. Hey, this project is going off the rails. Your ETC is much, you know, it's much farther out than you had originally planned actions, actionable insights that I need to take on, uh, on a platform are key and artificial intelligence and machine learning are, are the path. Yep, I, I agree with all points. I think all of the, all of the stuff that you pointed out uh, is already big, but it's only going to become even bigger as more companies adopt Agile and as more and more companies start seeing not just the value of using these technologies, but the necessity as we already pointed out in the beginning. For sure. Awesome, Scott. That's all from me. Just before we wrap up the call, if listeners want to reach out to you or learn more about you or, or working with Replicon, maybe where can they reach out to you? Oh, for sure. You can, you can find me on LinkedIn, Scott Bales, and I'll, I'll include the link to my, uh, my LinkedIn bio in the show notes. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Scott. It was a really great conversation. I loved speaking with you about, about uh, the necessity of Agile and going through these things. So I, I hope listeners will also get a lot out of this episode. 
No worries. My pleasure. Thanks for, thanks for having me. And well, to our listeners, that's all for this episode. Have a great day, everyone, and stay safe. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to check out our other episodes, you can find all of them at agiledrop.com slash podcast, as well as on all the most popular podcasting platforms. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues.